the unofficial lounge with Ashante, Craybon, and Monty. We're here to give you the insight into some of the biggest plays you remember involving the people wearing the stripes. We look at the grit it takes to become an official while exploring the history of officiating with the people who made it. It's more than black and white. On today's show, we talk to two-time national championship official Daryl Johnson about his time growing up in Los Angeles, California. A Dorsey High School. There's only one high school in LA and that's Dorsey High School. DJ walks us through his career of working every level of college football in America. That was just another challenge and I still, I didn't have a goal. I wasn't trying to get anywhere. I was just trying to master. I was just trying to get good at wherever I was. If I was working high school, I wanted to be the best high school official I could be. If I was working junior college, I wanted to be the best junior college official I could be. And then finally, we'll see if we can shake the unshakable as we take DJ under review. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I've enjoyed it, man. This has been a blast. It's like it's like sitting on sitting here on the couch having a few uh, adult beverages and just talking with the boys. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the unofficial lounge. We are joined today by Daryl Johnson, the pride of South Central. Yes, he graduated Dorsey High School. He is a Don, played Division I football at UNLV, spent many years on the Metro Las Vegas Police Department where he retired as a detective. I believe this is going to be year 11 if we get it in due to COVID with him working as a line of scrimmage official with the Pac-12 Conference. Daryl has worked two national championship games, two high-profile games that we all remember. And I've been watching this man for many, many years now, and I call him the Billy D. Williams of the line of scrimmage officials because he's the smoothest cat I know. Daryl, thank you for joining us on the show, and welcome. Hey, well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Right on. What's up, Mr. Smooth? <laughs> all right. So, Daryl, we know you live in Las Vegas. Uh, how long have you been retired from the police force now? Uh, it'll be nine years this coming September. Yeah, nine years. I retired nine years ago, 2011. Okay, so we're not going to talk about that too much because uh, the rest of the world going to be mad that you've been able to be retired for so long now. So we're going to talk about your younger days. And and we hear that you are, you know, a little, uh, little, little pride of uh, where you grew up in. Started out at Baldwin Hills Park playing a little baseball. I hear there's a famous coach that you had to uh, that you worked with when you was at Baldwin Hills Park. Well, that was the best park in LA. So, uh, Coach Arbuckle, he was my uh, little league baseball coach for several years. He, he was well known at our park. Um, he was uh, he was a great influence for all of us who played baseball. And uh, he was kind of a, a player's coach, but, you know, he was a player's coach who you respected and he got the best out of you. But uh, those were uh, great days. We had a lot of great, great coaches, I felt, at that park, uh, both 
for baseball and football. It really made a difference, I think, in a lot of uh, young people's uh, lives over the years. Which, which you say those are the type of coaches and gentlemen that help you stay away from the other ways that people can grow growing up in uh, South Central when you grew up, you know, with the gang activities and so on. Do you feel those coaches playing at the parks allowed you to stay away from that activity? You know, it's funny. Um, being involved with youth sports at that capacity and then later on as an official over the years, when I look at when I look back at those coaches, those coaches were men to me. Sometimes, you know, you'll go to a youth game and I'll see guys that are trying to coach Little League or Pop Warner, and they don't, they don't seem like men. They just seem like guys that are out there that are trying to live uh, through some kids. You know, gotcha. instead of being out there trying to be a mentor, trying to be a coach, trying to be a man who's trying to teach young people. They out there trying to play like they on the PlayStation. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hold up, Craig. Right. Ron. You was out there living your second childhood as a coach. Hey, that's right, but you know. <laughs> I had my a, ten plays. I had my ten plays. <laughs> scripted. Them, scripted. Them, and they and it they can't even put a helmet on. There's a handful of kids around that would say, you know, I, I you know, that still remember Coach Barrett back in the day. So I, I could say I I am in therapy. Some. <laughs> right so, on when we were talking when doing a little research uh i got it uh a lot of the information from uh, my, uh mr clayton i'm sure mm. you know him yeah uh, there's a couple of people that I, I guess stood out uh with you that played with you uh someone named janae wallace well are yeah. these all just great childhood friends you still keep in touch with these people yeah matter of fact uh i saw janae uh, last week, last week, awesome. Awesome. uh, little, little backstory. Janae Wallace is probably one of my oldest friends. We met and we were 10 years old playing Pop Warner baseball. And, uh, we played high school football together and we ended up coming to Las Vegas together cause he played quarterback and, uh, we transferred here at the same time. So yeah, I've, I've known Janae for, for many a years. So DJ, I got a question. So what high school did you go to while in the lovely South Central area? A Dorsey High School. Dorsey. There's only one high school in LA and that's Dorsey High School. Oh, good. <laughs> the Dons, huh? The Dons. Hey, Dons. But our gymnasium, our basketball uh, gymnasium was very popular for commercials and movies. Oh yeah, right, it years. still is. Yeah, uh, hundreds of, you know, even now, you know, I'll, I'll see a movie or I'll see a commercial and I'm like, there, there's the old gym, the old aircraft hangar. Boys right. in the hood too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how I, I know of Dorsey. So did you play any other sports other than baseball? In uh, high baseball school. Baseball football. Football? Yeah. Okay. What position did you play? Uh, football, I played, well, I played linebacker, offensive tackle. And uh, baseball, I played first base, and I caught also. Okay. So we know you went to uh, UNLV, played some football while you was there, but you mentioned a few minutes ago that you transferred. So did you go to a local JC in L.A. Yeah. before you went to? Uh... Santa Monica City College. Course okay. Center. Okay. So that was it, – it's quite a few Dorsey Dons that left from Dorsey to went to Santa Monica before they went on 
I believe Keyshawn Johnson went the same route, right? From uh, Dorsey to Santa Monica? No, Keyshawn went to West L.A. West L.A., okay, yeah. that's right. Keyshawn went that's to West right. LA. Okay. Uh, the fellow from uh, Cincinnati played at uh, Santa Monica, wasn't it? Um, Ocho. Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson, Ocho. Yeah. Ocho Cinco, right? Chad Johnson and um, uh, Steve on. Smith, right? Steve, Steve, Steve Smith. Smith. They both that's played right. on the yeah. same team at Santa Monica. That's right. That had that's to be right. crazy. Did you officiate that? Uh, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't officiate any of their games. I, I mean, I've, I've officiated at Santa Monica. I did okay. maybe one or two in the early years, but uh, obviously, I, I haven't been there lately. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So so how? So when you were like you said, you went to Ju uh, Santa Monica. So how did you end up at UNLV? A scholarship offer. Okay. Uh, I went to uh, Santa Monica for two years, played there. Actually, we were very good back there. My freshman year, we went 11-0. Oh, there uh, you go. And uh, we, we had a very – it was a very good program back then. And uh, uh, after my sophomore year, uh, I, had, I had a few scholarship offers to go, and uh, I ended up choosing UNLV for a variety of reasons and uh, kind of turned out okay. Well, we're not going to let you gloss over the variety of reasons. What are the variety <laughs> of reasons? <laughs> well, it, it, it was several. It, it was several. Okay, um, like I said before, Janae Wallace, who was a, a old friend, he had went to Pasadena City College, and he was transferring to UNLV at the same time. Okay. And I had a couple of friends from the LA area that were already going to school there. And then my sister had moved to Las Vegas maybe six months to a year prior to me transferring. So uh, there, there were just too many things where, you know, I had family, friends, you know, all set up in, in, in a location I could go to school at. It was like- Got a foundation. I, I got to go here. Makes sense. Well, you know, I, I, t I tell people all the time, Las Vegas is just an extension of Southern California. I oh, mean, it's, it's it, it just feels like it's just part of That's why the Raiders moving there just makes so much sense because you just have so much of the fan base here in the Southern California area. I, I mean, you're just going to have, but once we can't go back into stadiums again, uh, it's going to be uh, a crazy situation out there for those Raider games. Yeah. So yeah. you said you played tight end. Were you just a blocking tight end, or did you even touch the ball? No, I, I was a well, I was multi-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I could do it all, but uh, I, I thought it was a pretty good pass catcher. Who was throwing you those balls? Oh well, um, my quarterback for two years was Randall Cunningham. Whoa, starting NFL for a number of years. So absolutely. Uh, one tidbit there, Randall Cunningham is from our area, Santa Barbara. He went to Santa Barbara High. That's right. Give you, whoop, whoop. That's right. You're not from Santa Barbara. You're not from <laughs> Santa Barbara. <laughs> We've already had this Santa discussion Barbara. before. Like, no, you from northern of nowhere. Trust oh. me. <laughs> we got to Santa Barbara. We still had to drive for a good hour, if not more. So you are not for that. in Santa Barbara. So you graduated from UNLV mm -hmm. and like, just happened to get in the way. So what you was doing outside – in between what you got got involved in the football, what were you doing? Just decided to join the police force? Yeah, I was working. Uh, I ended up, you know, joining the police department. And uh, I wanted to 
I wanted to do something with football. And my first choice probably would have been maybe coach uh, high school football, but I was working nights and it just wasn't conducive. And uh, uh, there were a couple things that really pointed me towards officiating. I don't know, the, the, the cards just, just, just kind of played right for me. But I'll I tell you what, there's um, Kerwin Danley, who I played baseball with at Dorsey High School. He's a major league baseball umpire, and he's, uh, he's a crew chief in the major league. So he was, he was one of those that officiating kind of crept in the back of my mind. And plus, I had, a, uh, I had a cousin that lives in Northern California who's been involved with high school sports or high school officiating for a number of years, too. And uh, so it just kind of, hmm, maybe I'll just try and be an official. So that's what I did. So now, so now, DJ, when you say you thought about being an official, there was some time between you graduating college and starting to work. At what age did you start officiating? Uh, my first year, I was probably 34, I think it was. I think it was 34 years old. Okay. And I really, I, I, mean, I mean, I just wanted to be closer to the game. I really didn't have a plan or anything. I, I didn't have a goal where I wanted to be. I, you know, I just wanted to go out there, you know, be around some high school football games, and that would have been fine with me. At the okay. Time. I got I just thought about something, DJ. You said you was at UNLV. This is when the early running Rebels, right? So how was it being on a football team and a basketball team better than you guys? Uh, I, I, it didn't matter to me because it was exciting that you had a basketball program that was that good. Right. Uh -huh. uh, and we were at the early stages and we were trying to build a football program. Got you. So, you know, I've, I've always liked the challenge. So um, that's one of the reasons I came here. I mean, that's what the co head coach sold me on at the time was they were trying to build something. And I wanted to be a part of that at the uh, ground level. So, uh, that was Tark the Shark there. You seen any of the uh, games with Stacey Augman and all those fellas? No, nah, he was before that. He's like Reggie Theus. He old. No, I'm after Reggie Theus now. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> I'm after Methuselah. Reggie was in the 70s. He, he, oh, was a little bit before me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Was you like 78? But, you know, it's funny, when I was growing up in L.A., they used to uh, televise UNLV basketball games on one of the uh, local channels out there. I think it was like Channel 9 or Channel 11. So, uh, and then uh, uh, there, were, there were two guys from my high school, Flinny Ray Williams, who went to Dorsey in the 70s. He ended up going to UNLV. And then Michael Lloyd, who played basketball, uh, while I was at Dorsey, he played, uh, he got a scholarship at UNLV too. So uh, I was well versed with uh, UNLV. Yeah, I have to ask that one. So let's get into, how you started, you said you started fishing, but you said 34, 34. 31. 34. Uh, um, what we heard uh, when doing our research is that you, you charted your own path coming up. Kind of, there was, you were working high school ball, you, you did everything correctly. How did you get into moving up past high school? What, what happened there? Well, th there reached a point while I was working high school where I needed another challenge. I, I, I thought I'd kind of, I don't want to say I mastered it, but I, 
I needed another challenge. So um, I started looking around uh, what, what else was out there. And I really, I didn't at the time, I didn't know that uh, officials from Las Vegas could go walk, work JC games in Southern California. But I found uh, an officials clinic in Reno, the old Reno camp up there. I've been there. Somebody told me about, and I just applied to go on my own and uh, ended up going up there for the first time. Now, being being from Vegas and officiating, there's quite a few officials that got their JC start from uh, the Las Vegas area that went the Utah route, right? They didn't go Southern California. They went the Utah route? Uh, well, there were two routes. Uh, Dixie uh, was a junior college for some time in St. George. And okay. we could work games. Uh, we would supply officials from the Las Vegas area and from the Salt Lake area to uh, Dixie Junior College at the time. So, but we didn't work in the JC conference in uh, in the Salt Lake area. So okay. primarily, we, we we were sending guys down to Southern California to work uh, junior college. Didn't have to make that drive all the way to Snow College uh, in Utah. No. no. <laughs> okay. Okay. So when you say you mastered the high school level, it's like, what, four schools in Vegas for you to fish a football in? How hard was it to do that? Well, Ashante, I didn't say I mastered the high school level. My bad. I, I just needed another challenge. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, at the time when I started, I don't know how many high schools, probably when I started, there's probably 15 to 20, and there's probably 30 now, 30 gotcha. each. Football wise, you know, a lot more uh, basketball wise, but oh, wow. yeah, because you you've been in Vegas since since w what year did you move to Vegas? Uh, nineteen eighty, January of eighty two. Okay, so you've seen a lot of change just in the just in the city itself oh, from the time that you've been here. Yeah, when I first moved here, I think there were probably three to four hundred thousand people in Southern Nevada, and now there's close to two million. So. So at your, at your time working Southern California Junior College uh, football, were you making that drive by yourself most of the time or were you riding with other people? What's that grind? <laughs> I, I think, well, initially they were going to try and, you know, pair up with people. But then I ended up making that drive by myself, which okay. I really didn't mind because a lot of times uh, – I'd go work a game and I would stay over and see family or see friends. Uh, so it was, I liked it cause it was, I was just going home every weekend, you know? Oh, that's, that's right. You're staying in touch, huh? Hold up DJ. I got to ask you about something. Let, let me go back to your college days. So I was told about a, a game between UNLV and Cal State Northridge, Cal State Fullerton. And um, I heard that was a brawl. Oh yeah. And I heard your current supervisor was working that game, Chuck Stewart. Can you describe that event? Okay, that was, uh, let me see, that was like the, I think it was the 83 season. Uh, Kyle State oh, he's he getting specific now. <laughs> yeah, he, got, he must have been whooping some butt. They got you on film. I have to set it up for you guys. Got you, got you. This was a this was a big game at the time because Cal State Fullerton was in first place in conference, 
and we were in second place because we had one loss and they were undefeated. So this was the second to the last game of the season. And it was kind of like for all the marbles. So uh, we were post the game was supposed to be played at Anaheim Stadium, but it had been raining that whole weekend. And so they moved the game to some park. And I mean, it was literally. Oh, like well, that's the problem right there. <laughs> and, so you were just at some like Rec League Park? It, you know, I, shirts I, and skins, shirts I, and skins. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you where it was. Okay. It, it was like a park, and they had had a high school playoff game there the night before. So the field was terrible. Mm. And, uh, and it was still raining during the game. And uh, I think the final score of the game was like nine to six. It, it, it just showed you that because of the weather, you, you couldn't you couldn't do anything. But that, that kind of led to this big uh, this big brawl, being in the park and uh, the number one and number two teams. And next thing I know, fight breaks out. And, I mean, this was like an all-encompassing of both teams just, you know, going at it. And it made uh, – back in them days, we didn't have ESPN, but it did make Sports Illustrated. Oh, there you go. But, uh, yeah. But it's funny because um, me and Chuck were talking about something and, you know, he was talking about – he brought up the game. And he said, yeah, I remember working this UNLV game and, you know, the game was over here and they had this big old brawl. And uh, he was described said, Chuck, I was in that game. I was there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> was that the Big West Conference at the time? Or was that no? At the time, it was the uh, PCAA Pacific okay, Coast PCAA. Athletic Conference. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and uh, Chuck said Mike Pereira, uh, I think, was the referee in that game. Oh, oh wow. wow! Wow! There you go. I can see how six degrees of separation all the time, huh? Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is Monty. We're gonna let you in on a little something. We talked to veteran NFL official. Chuck Stewart a couple weeks after this and he gave us his version of this story and then we'll get back to DJ so before we leave out of the uh, PCAA uh, we actually had Daryl Johnson on as a guest and he he told us about a game that you officiated that he was a part of a big brawl between UNLV and Fullerton do you remember that game I remember that game well. That was a PC2A championship game. And I'll be honest with you, I have never seen a fight like that in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It had rained the day before, and it was supposed to be played at Anaheim Stadium. Well, the Angels were playing as well, so they canceled. They wouldn't allow them to go there. They found a park, and we was at the park. And the game got out of hand, and it was about, oh, say, a minute left, and a brawl broke out. This fight went from end line to end line. Uh, it was Mike Pereira's first game. It was a championship mm. game, really. And I had to grab Mike and pull him out of the way because he was about to get in, you know, get hit. He was going to try to break it up. You know, Mike weighs about 180 pounds, ringing wet now. And uh, you know, he's going to jump in and try to break it up. I just grabbed him, man. And, you know, they... They wanted to resume, but I said, no, we're not doing this no more. This is over. (laughs) (laughs) 
The game so, needs to be over. We keep hearing that. <laughs> it lasted for about 10 minutes. And like I said, it was from end zone, end line to end line. It did this all over the field. So you was just sitting there back watching notes on that game. That I was starting out taking, you know, writing down numbers. And hell, I ran out of paper. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, was a, it was both sidelines. They just came on there, empty bitch, and they just started fighting. I actually saw one kid get grabbed by the face match and was prone. He was dripping about two feet off the ground and was coming in the air, going down about five yards down the field. Yeah, Daryl painted a different story of that game. He just said it was a it was a slight That's fight. Right. It, he didn't say in line to in line. He just said, but they it, won the game, though. Trust me. It was the end line to end line. <laughs> hey, Chuck, I know you don't tell stories. You know what I'm saying? I did a lot of fights in my time as officiated, and that was, it. that was the number one I've ever been involved with. All right, everybody. We'll jump back in with Daryl now. So how long were you – so you're grinding out the, at the JUCO level, right? You, mm-hmm. you, you finally get in. You, 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 you felt you ma- – you, I'm, 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 I'm going to put the words in your mouth. You mastered the high school level, right? Blew past the high school. Yeah, level. you just blew past <laughs> those three schools you was working at in in, in Las Vegas, and <laughs> and then you got to JUCO. So mm-hmm. at at what age were you? Uh, when I first started working, I was forty. I think forty three. Forty three. I was old. Old dude. Yeah, I was. Okay, so you spent nine years at the high school level before you went to the JUCO level. Yeah. Uh, okay. My, I worked eight years and then year nine, uh, I worked my first JC game. Okay. Wow. College wow. of the Canyons versus wow. Pasadena. That's when we had five man crew. Yeah. Can't nobody else do what you did. Cause um, you come in at 43. Um, good luck. <laughs> but you know, it, to me, that was just another challenge. And I still, I didn't have a goal. I wasn't trying to get anywhere. I was just trying to master. I was just trying to get good at wherever I was. Got you. If I was working high school, I wanted to be the best high school official I could be. If I was working junior college, I wanted to be the best junior college official I could be. So who were your mentors at this point? Because you're doing this, you just ain't doing this raw, right? Just, just off your God-given ability, right? Right, right. So. Well, uh, we're lucky because here in Las Vegas, uh, Mark Perlman, who's an NFL line judge, number nine, uh, he's very active in our association. And he was one of my mentors here in Las Vegas. And I kind of uh, uh, watched him a lot, learned a lot from him whenever he was around. Um, and it really helped me out a lot. So we, we were lucky to have an NFL line, uh, line of scrimmage guy here in town. Got you. So another thing, too, like you said, you was a detective, right? So you had the flexibility of your job to be able to do all this, make that three-hour drive to three Southern hours. California. That's a good day. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, let me tell you, it's uh, two hours and 15 minutes to work uh, Victor Valley. Victor Valley, gotcha. okay. That's the closest school. That's- <laughs> Everywhere else is going to be three plus. And the lucky thing is I never had to work. Uh, what's the school up there by you, uh, Monty? Allen Hancock College. Yeah, Home never of had the to Bulldogs, to baby. In Santa Maria. <laughs> but I, I love going to, I love working in Santa Barbara, though. Oh, Santa Barbara City. Best stadium 
in California, Jack. That view. Exactly. Right. Nobody want to go to Hancock unless you live in Santa Maria. Man, I went to Hancock, Hancock. for a couple years. Hancock is a good. <laughs> I take that, but Trayvon, Hancock is a good stadium to work if you can get the game. No, thank you. I take your word for it. Play that drive play is terrible. He's big so, time. He's big time. <laughs> He's big time. <laughs> so you work JC Ball. What's next? D three, D two. You from what? What's next? What have you done? So how did you make that other jump? Like you're good. So we're not gonna say you mastered. So you were comfortable and you know at what at the level you was at. So when did you get your first JUCO bowl game? Because that's big in SoCal. Never worked a JUCO bowl game. What? Never. Never. Wow. Never. I have never worked a JC uh, postseason game. But so, that's okay. Right. <laughs> it, 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 it sounds like that's still on the bucket list. Like we need right. to call Rich Colin and uh, correct some things. You well, know the I'm, president. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, but uh, you know, worked JC, worked in the Sky Act, uh, worked Division Two in the GNAC, uh, worked postseason in Division Two. I worked a semifinal NAIA game at Carroll College in Montana and, you know, zero degree temperatures. Uh, did he just, Monty, did he just drop that? It seemed like he worked all levels of NCAA football right there. I, I think he I, just dropped that. I don't I think there are any others. I don't, I don't think there's nothing else. Because oh, now you're working Pac-12, Yeah, right? yeah. So did he just humble son on us? He just humbly said that. So definitely Pac-12 with two national championships under your belt. Right. That, that, those so, are past. So, that's awesome. All right, so you get from, uh, uh, he got Cravon right now. Cravon, yeah. I, so, you go from the sky, how do you get in the sky act? Like, there's names, I think, was it Jack O'Kane? Was he yeah. running it then? Yeah, Jack O'Kane was the supervisor then. Okay. Uh, just started, uh, I don't know, you know, you're working JC and uh, next thing you know, you're getting, uh, you're getting assigned to the Sky Act Conference. So, well, you know what? Jack O'Kane, he used to come up to the Reno camp too. And actually, gotcha. um, he was, uh, I know he had been on at least one of my fields a time or two because he gave me, uh, you know, where you have uh, observers giving you upset um, assessments. Okay. So I know Jack had seen me at, uh, at the Reno camp. Um, is one thing that everyone says about you, because it's something I kind of emulate, is how smooth you are, man. Uh, no. <laughs> smooth, smooth ain't the right. word, man. Right. Billy no. D ain't got oh, wait, nothing. Wait, 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 hey, DJ. Before you say anything, I'm just trying to figure out what part of it are you emulating, Monty? Because we still waiting to see it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it'll, it'll come to fruition. No, we'll he just got that cool walk. That's all it is. Get rid of it. <laughs> he do got the cool walk. He do got the cool walk. Man. Got the cool so, two-time national championship official. Uh, DJ, do you mind uh, indulging me for a second? Uh, only him, <laughs> only me. Uh, I know we, we we don't we don't want to get into rules and anything, but I, I'd love to get into your mindset into the way you worked 
one. You know, there's a story before the championship hold, game. Can we get to on, the story on, before wait. the championship game? Wait, 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 wait. There's, there, there's also he worked two national championship, two games. national, cha- two, two national championship games. And but we only gonna bring up one play, one play in particular. But I remembered another play from your first national championship game. Yep. It was Clemson, Alabama. Mm-hmm. That was in Glendale, Arizona, right? Right. Uh, that was the famous second half opening kickoff onside kick from Alabama, right? What right. were you thinking on that play, right? Because we say we always got to be ready in officiating. But I think because the score was tight, when that play happened, what was your thought other than the officiate side of it? I know you had to stay focused, but did it surprise you as much as it surprised Clemson? The world. Uh, <laughs> right, the world. <laughs> It, 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 it did surprise me, and um, it, it was very surprising because that was a game-changing play. That that was almost like there was the onside kick. Was that in the uh, Super Bowl with New Orleans? and Yeah, New Orleans and the Colts. It, 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 it right. was that same kind of play. You know, at that point in the game, that really changed the momentum. And uh, – I, I, I remember seeing uh, Coach Saban on the sideline after that and watching him walk uh, walk up and down the sideline. He was like, we got him. So the okay. so the coach and everybody, just the, you can just feel the momentum feel just it. It. change right then, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so is it true that, that people say, like, momentum, you, you, can, you can just – you can cut it with a, with, a, with a knife, huh? Momentum like credit. You know when you got it. There was a lot of time left in that game, but, you know, it it, it was one of those things where they needed a spark, and that play kind of gave it to them at that time. Okay, you know, I I have a little bit different feeling about momentum. I say momentum is like that that high school sweetheart that you thought you was going to keep forever, but then all of a sudden just somebody come with a new car and she gone. Mm -hmm. That's momentum to me. You, You may have it for a second. But boy, do you blink? It's, it didn't left you at the altar, oh. right? It leaves you fast. That's because you're driving a Pinto. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, I, you know, I was still bumming rides with my friends. So. Wow. But I like the fact y'all glossed over the, the grind this man to get to just to get to a championship game. Y'all trying to big time. No, me. no, I, no. I, I we like, gon' we gonna, I like we, his we, story. We gonna get that, you know. We gonna get you know, there, but Monty trying but, to rush. But that's a story because this man just didn't get, you know what I'm saying? The man worked hard. He was 41 when he got a ju- Juco, right? Yeah, that's true. So by the time he got picked up in a pack, he was still dirt age. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's still farming. You know what I'm saying? He was like 48. So, you know what I'm saying? So, Daryl, how long after being in a Skyac did you go to the Power Five? Uh, things happened really fast. Um, let me see. After this guy, I'm trying to think. 2007. Whoa. Three, four years. Okay. Okay. So that was that was that was quick. Yeah, it was quick. Okay. Was quick. So working at every level, how long were you in a Sky Act? Um, I'm trying to uh, Sky Act. I was there. Well, you know, you probably got games the whole eight. time. Okay. You you got games the whole time until you. Probably got into the pack, right? You were still yeah. getting uh, some games here and there. I, I, I got into the GNAC, well, officially in the GNAC in 2009, but uh, Dixie State 
was going into the GNAC. So okay. Mike Burton had to schedule crews in St. George, Utah for Dixie's games. And uh, he was at Reno camp and he was one of our uh, camp mentors. And it, I mean, it, I was at the right place at the right time. And he, he said, um, you know, I'm going to be assigned at Dixie State uh, this coming season. And, uh, you know, I just happened to be Reno that year and he was with my crew. So he saw me work. Right. He, he used me up there. So. OK. Now, what you, what you say your time as a police officer benefited your officiating career? Yeah, I do. I do. I see a lot of parallels uh, all the time with officiating and uh, police work sometimes, you know, uh, what? Would you say that your police training is kind of the way that you can stay so calm? I mean, because if people watch you on the field uh, and they know you off the field, your mannerisms and everything is just the same, no matter how intense the game is, it's, you're just an even kill. Yeah. One, one thing I learned in, in police work, they, they always preach um, when, when, uh, when the stuff hits the fan, you always revert back to your training. So, you know, whenever I'm working football, if I'm at a practice, if I'm at a lower division game or wherever I am, I want to, you know, I want to practice like I play because once, uh, you know, things start going fast, a, a, a team starts going up tempo, you're at the end of the half, uh, things are going crazy, you're going to revert back to your training. So if you train bad, you're going to officiate bad or you're going right. to play bad. There you go. Right. And I, and I would say I've, I've heard you say that before. You know, we've all had a lot of mentors, but as I started to come up and start to interact with you uh, at different scrimmages and stuff, mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest things uh, that you had told me is that even though it's a scrimmage, Mm -hmm. Once they go, you know, we know we stand there for an hour and do nothing almost, and then we may get that last 30 minutes, hopefully, of live action. Right. When they go to live action, you go instantly into game mode, and everything you do out there is something that you would do on the field. So I know I've heard that personally from you, so I, I can understand. Right, practice, baby. Right. Practice? <laughs> <laughs> we so talking I about a, practice. I got a question for you, DJ. Uh -huh. So there's things that we do uh, – that uh, something that I threw through through line here is a uh, field to life. So Cravon's talking about how your your career is it has influenced out. football. What has football influenced in your life as far as things that you you've taken from the football field that that transferred the other way? Hmm. Probably in my younger years as a player. Um, even like, for instance, today, uh, we were working over at the Raiders practice. It was a little hot today, too, you know. That's sweaty. But <laughs> I, I, I can remember back when I was in college, and we would be practicing at the same time, you know, in the same heat as a team. And uh, I, I think that always prepared me to go work games. If you got an early game at ASU – or Arizona, where you know it's going to be 100 plus, 110 oh, yes. plus. Right. I'm like, I've already done this, you know. Yes. I, you know, I used to work out in this, and so when I when I'm with the guys here, 
even now when we go out and work out, you know, it's like if we're gonna if we're gonna officiate in it, we we don't we're gonna have to work out a little bit in it. I'm not I'm not saying we have to kill ourselves, but you know we have to get a little bit used to it. So DJ, let's give some a little bit more history, and we won't put any names, but you've worked for three different supervisors while you've been a part of Pac Pac Ten Pac Twelve. Four? Four. Okay. Wow. And how how is that as far as just making that transition? I know everybody's different and so on, but just going through four different people evaluating you and so on. What how do you handle that? Um, well, uh one thing is people don't like change, but change is inevitable. Uh and we can't control change. And um you know, you've probably heard people say, you know, you want to be a sponge and you want to absorb information. And I've always want to absorb information from anyone I can get it from, you know, and that's and that's the same thing I do with different supervisors because they all bring a something. They always bring a, something a little different to the table. So I, I, I pick whatever I can from each one of them. And and I say I put it in my bag of tricks and. Uh, so I can elevate my game. Okay. Okay. All right. So DJ, can you, so let's let's talk about so you you grew up selling California South Central kid, selling programs for the Rams, playing Dorsey High, playing city championship games in the Coliseum. You getting that pack called and now your first game is at the Coliseum. How's that feeling? You know, coming back home. Describe that. Uh it's it's how do I describe that? Well, when people ask me where, where are my favorite places to work, Coliseum's always one because I grew up there. Gotcha. You know, watching games there, working there, selling programs there. Even to this day, uh, I always love walking out of out of that tunnel onto that field because it just you know it holds so much history to me. You know, I grew up there, so. Um, it's always special to me. And then that's another thing I always do. I always tell people, I say, you know, whatever level you're working at, you know, take a minute and look around, take it all in, enjoy it. And uh, I always join going home. Going home okay. is always a pleasure. That's one tidbit I picked up from you. Always enjoy the level you're at. Yeah. And be mindful that there's people ahead of you and they ain't going nowhere. So. <laughs> Get comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Push say everybody's standing in the bus line. Yeah, everybody in line. So, it seemed like your professional career was winding down as your college career, you know, your your hobby or this your officiating career was picking up. So describe as you're transitioning from retiring as a police detective as you're trying to pick up this theme to be in the pack as you got that phone call. Uh it it it, it kind of happened at the at the right time. And I just happened to be in a position where I could retire. Got you. So, uh, and you know, that that's probably the only plan I had was when I was going to retire from the police department. Uh, so that I've always planned time. that over the years. <laughs> you, you had that plan long and you know, that was, right. that was planned way ahead of time, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing that I planned. Yeah, that email was already <laughs> typed and written. So, DJ, you 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 you're in the pack. Now you've you've worked two national championship games. 
this last national championship game uh, that you were was probably one of the most uh, hyped. Anticipated. Right? It had the biggest viewership Two ever. undefeated teams. But before we get to the game, you guys had a special guest. You know, the president came to that game. So how early did you have to get to the stadium? Because now the president oh. was going to be there. Uh, when, when we leave? Well, you know, we, we, we try and get there three hours prior to. Right. We, we got there maybe four hours prior to. Because, okay. Um, having, you know, that kind of dignitary at your game changes everything. Right. right. Secret everything. Service got to check your tonsils, huh? I mean, e even, you know, the manner in which you walk around outside a locker room and, you know, you, you got Secret Service SWAT personnel coming through and it, it, it just throws a whole different wrinkle into uh, what's going on. And those games are different anyway. I, I, right. I people, you know, when you work those high-level games, what you've done through the regular season, you might as well just toss it out the window because it's 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 chain. What you're used to doing, you're not going to do pregame-wise uh, for these games. Right. Going out to the field, walking around. Were you guys contained to your locker room for a period of time? Uh, when he was – he was put in a uh, room that was close to ours when he was traveling to that room and out of that room, we were, okay. but, uh, we still had access to do whatever we, we wanted to do. It, it just, you know, just added another wrinkle on top. Did, right. did he, did he come by and give you guys a tip of the cap? <laughs> no, we, uh, we never saw it. Dang it. So one, we were on the field. We, ne we never got right, close. Right. Uh, one thing you kind of mentioned it already, but these bowl games, especially the national championship games, your pregame routine once you get to the stadium is totally different than any other game just because, I mean, TV's coming in and out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just on and on. The yeah. coaches meeting before the games, right? So how do you just transition? Because there's a lot of us that have, you know, we're still all sports people, so you have those – uh, routines that you do before a game is like okay, I gotta, I gotta do my whole routine before a game, and if I can't, some Judge people Wapner's get thrown seven. off. Jeb, Judge Wapner at seven. <laughs> so, like do you still bring out the old school CD player DJ to warm up? You got an old school CD player, the Walkman? No, I, I have a cassette tape. Okay. <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire, greatest hits. Gotta have Earth, Wind, and Fire on there. <laughs> But, 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 you know, Cravon, this is one of the things I, I, I learned in law enforcement is you got to be flexible. There you go. You know, and you bring that to this situation. You know, your pregame routine is not going to be the same. You got to be flexible. You can't let that disturb, you know, your goal to work a good game. So right. uh, the, the good thing for me is, you know, having worked one and experienced one and knowing what to uh, expect out of that game, you know, I can prepare myself and, and prepare others who hadn't been in that, that experience before. Right. Because, you know, during the season, we're used to doing the same thing. Arrive right. in the city, go to dinner, pregame, yep. blah, blah, blah. 
Preaches then you habit. get into this situation and everything you're used to doing, you just toss it out the window. It's totally different. And you can't let that hinder you on the field. Right. And I, and I again have to give you credit for that because even though we work the same position, I, I reach out to you uh, and talk a lot. My time, first opportunity to work a big time bowl game, you were one big of the time. first people I called because of just to get the routine mm-hmm. and the nature of the game. It, it is totally different because I, I'm one of those people I need every, if we 15 minutes late showing up, mm-hmm. you know, it, it just throws me, it throws me off to where I have to get into that routine of it. So you right. were one Diva? of the first people. Yeah. What Ashanti, you was with me at a game to where we got there, what, about two and a half hours before the game. So we was like 30 minutes late because of traffic. He was mad. Yeah, yeah he was it, mad. It, it, it just, it, it threw me off. He had a tantrum. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't say tantrum. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he kicking Gatorade he bottles. He's stubbing his feet like he can't be on the field and warm up. I ain't going to be in Hold up. Y'all give me 15 minutes. <laughs> right. Right. I need to walk these pylons, make sure the pylons right. That's it. That's it. That's it. But, you know, Daryl was one of the first people I called to kind of get prep for the game because it's nothing that can get you ready and the biggest thing you hadn't worked a game for what five weeks yeah six weeks before that game yeah you know the last time you stepped on the field so just staying ready and staying prepared to you know go walk on the field for being off a month and a half yeah so so hold up (laughs) big time mr mr two-time champion so this is a question i want to ask i want you to be honest Knowing that what you guys went through in the pack with the officiating, there's an issue with the officiating, and you guys coming under scrutiny, how gratifying was it for you guys to get that championship game as a conference? Oh, extremely. It, it was extremely gratifying to get the game, but it was more gratifying to work the game and show people what we're all about, you know. Because, you know, a lot of times in officiating, you know, we're always going to be scrutinized. And a lot of times, the, 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 I mean, they got to blame somebody. So, you know, they always pick on us. But yeah, to work a game where, you know, we're not a focus of attention, uh, that was gratifying. Got you. Right. Because there, there, were, there were two, three different replays, two different uh, stoppages. And I think you guys got them all spot <clears> on. Absolutely spot on. And no com- no complaints from officiating. Cause yeah, no complaints. And that's a good thing about, I guess, being in Southern California is, mm. you know what I'm saying, get to see you, Craven. So when I turn on the game and I look and I'm like, who that tall, light-skinned brother? Look like he, <laughs> he got on Jenny Craig, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, he got on a good workout program. He on a Kato. And oh, that's I think it's DJ. called Keto. That's keto. You know, keto, I'm from the buddy. south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, keto has something okay, other in LA. In LA, keto means something with right. OJ on the show. Right. Else that's on the number show. thirty-two. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, that's the dude we'll who's in the backyard. Oh, right. that's the dude in the backyard. Right. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, see you in a game. It's like it's cool to see guys that you know and work a game. And mm-hmm. like I said, I had guys who like even. Even when they scream at a fish, I'm like, nah, that dude know what he's doing. Like you <laughs> said. So just yeah. seeing you and Frank, Chris Coy, even yeah. the, the rest of the crew is like, wow, this is impressive. I know these people and they know me. And as, like, as, a, as I said before, it's something to emulate. 
It's that, something to emulate. You can't emulate smoothness. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> even though Billy D, the taste of a Code 45, they said say smooth, I'm not going to try it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, you, you don't have to emulate everything. You just pick one thing or two things that, you know, you like, and you Absolutely. put them into your bag, and then, you know, you have your own style. Absolutely. Right, right. Got you. So, I'm going to take so, that tidbit. So, DJ, two national championship games. We talked about the first one where it was a big momentum changer with the second half kickoff. Mm-hmm. The second national championship game, Clemson, LSU, you know, you have Burrow on one side, you know, the eventual number one overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson, this is probably – I think this is their fourth second. time. Yeah. Fourth time in a title game in six years. I think it's it's been for them, something like that. Uh, our third time in five. Defending champion. Right. Champion. Now we, we, we're, what, about second quarter, third quarter in the game. The ball game's 28-25. And you have one of the tightest – goal line plays that I think we've seen in sports in football in, in a in a while, especially at this big moment, coming mm-hmm. right at you, attacking your pylon. What's going through your mind as play that play starts to develop? Well, before we play the clip, oh. clip, before we play the clip, this is after a lull in action because there was a replay prior to this one where they had the uh, target. That was call. targeting. Well, but 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 how do you reset yourself and get ready for that next play? Um, I, I, I don't know if there's a resetting, but you always have to be on. Just like, you know, we talk about from the very first kickoff, you got to be ready. You know, you have to be ready after a TV timeout. You have to be ready after a replay and a game stoppage. You have to turn it back on. So. Um, you know, you can't work into the game. You got to be ready from play one. And, uh, you know, if you take a playoff here, you know, then you're screwed. You know, you're trying to work back in. You just got to be ready. And you have to train yourself. Every time there's a snap, you are ready for that snap. Awesome. Game. Awesome. That's game. So here we are. It's this the 2020 National Championship. So, Monty, uh, what, what quarter is it at time? So, if people want to look at it, yeah, if you they can, they look can it find up. it on YouTube. It's a third quarter, uh, 526 in the third quarter. Number First one, LSU's 28, Clemson's 25, uh, ESPN. Uh, we After don't have rights. Yeah, we don't have rights to any of this. So, uh, they can look, look it up, up on YouTube. You can look it up on your own. Look it up. Right. So, we got uh, a pass at the, what? Four yard line. So, so goal that's line a, mechanics. We'll talk a little little mechanics. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Hold on. And go DJ on. and DJ, I want to be clear. We only doing this for you. Only for <laughs> you. <laughs> only for you. Ain't nobody else gonna get this for you. Yeah, this no, is only for not, you. Yeah, this is national championship. <laughs> you two time championship special. Okay. And this something like again setting this up play up is. You want to always, like you always told me, you always want to want the play to come to you. Mm-hmm. You want this play to come. You want the big play to come to you. So, talk so, us through it. So, and the big thing about this is, you got a ref hat cam on also. Yeah. <laughs> so there, there's a difference in in this whole, like you say, the whole experience of everything you do normally. Throw it out the window because everything's different. So yeah. Walk us through this. So you, you, well, you can't hide. 
what 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 does Chuck tell you? Where your billy cap looking? Now you got a camera on the billy cap, right? Yeah, where the billy right. cap looking, right? Now you got a camera on the billy cap. So right. they they're set up in what double doubles? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, a double okay. double formation. It's kind of tight. Uh, People don't care about that formation, Monty. That is for the officials. I'm one. Yeah. This is for DJ and. Let the DJ explain it. Well, you Shotgun know, uh, double double. Uh, I had the second receiver in, and he ends up running a, uh, you know, flat out right route right at me. And uh, you know, you want to make take uh, make sure you're doing correct mechanics. You want to get to the goal line. You want to get off the pylon. You want to be still so you can officiate the play where you need to officiate and it just happened to be a pylon play. So it came right into my lap and it was very tight. We, we had him stepping out at the, uh, I think about the one yard line, but I felt the ball had broke the plane. And you want to LSU fans? You want to, you want to, you want to LSU fans felt he yeah, broke you, the plane too. <laughs> you have by what, you have by what, by a thousand LSU fans standing right behind you at, on the goal line on this play. You know, I, I I know there's a lot of people because that's another <laughs> thing. There's right. a lot of people on the sidelines right. at these right. games too. And and, uh, and even a game like this, Daryl, you know, you, you you have the little guy that's that's uh, monitoring the the pylon can too. That's that's on top of you as well, right? Because right. every Always single time, in front of you. right? Yep. Fixing the pylon, right? Um, for those who don't know. You only have to work a big game to get a pylon cam. <laughs> Me and Monty, we don't have cams on our regular game. <laughs> so if that pylon gets knocked over, official, you pick that up. There's no special person adjusting the pylon for you. All right. <laughs> so, this is a this is a big time conversation. Me and Monty are not shouldn't be privy to this. So when when you go up for touchdown and that cameraman says, "Yeah, I think it's good," do you go with him? Are you for <laughs> no, I, I, I learned a long time ago. Don't listen to anybody in the cheap seats. Got you. Them, now hold up. That's on. They on the field. Them ain't cheap seats. Oh, you right about that. <laughs> no, no, they cheap because they probably got them from somebody for free, right? They they may be a you know somebody that uh know somebody. They 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 probably didn't pay for them tickets on the side on Man. the sideline. They they got there for free somehow. Yeah, that's a that's a million dollar look. Once once he crosses the pylon, and you looking, it. and you got your hands up, you looking at the world, you telling you you thinking everybody, yeah, I got this right. So what you thinking? But hold on, before you go to that DJ, I just want to say, if people watch you on this, you know, some officials would look like the old cartoons character, Simmy Sam, just uh -huh. fire up that touchdown, nice and quick. I mean, just guns are blazing, touchdown signal, just firing as quick as can be. And you are just, you look the guy Sweet. in, you watch him go to the ground and just simply go up. I mean, just walk us through that. Uh, well, you know, uh, I, I'm officiating the play, every aspect of the play, sideline, goal line, pylon. And uh, I felt I had a touchdown. And, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those, I like to take my time, as you say. I, right. I'm not, I'm you not. You do take your time. Fire. I like to act like I'm in control. I like to act like I've been there before. There you so, go. Uh, you know, I, I was very confident in my ruling, and uh, I, I hope it was displayed there. So, is that similar to how you used to catch the ball as a tight end at UNLV? 
Oh, uh, yeah. Did they even throw to you? You can find those on YouTube too. <laughs> they just a little grainy. They just a little grainy. Color? Little grainy. <laughs> old Super Eight film. Right. Four, 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 it's not even four twenty meg- megapixel. It's it's like two twenty megapixels. Well, it's the sixteen. <laughs> the old NES Nintendo Mega Pistol. It's just, it's just, it's eight bit. But Daryl, would you say though, on formation like this, goal line, the first thing you probably think in pre-snap is pick play, right? Is yeah. you being alert to pick play, right? Absolutely. So you, exactly. Okay. okay, let's dumb this down for those who don't know. A pick play is someone setting off a screen. So I hate to say it sound. This is we don't talk rules on this show. So, bad DJ gets play. to talk rules. He do whatever he wants. He a two time champion. They're, when they're lined up in this tight of formation, you know they're going to be Rubbing. on either a pick play, some sort of crossing routes, you know, some sort of rub. Right. You know, they, they want to create confusion. This was executed perfectly, not only by the two teams on the field, but also the third the team officials. on the field, the by officials. The officials. So, but, I mean, on a play like this, DJ, you as us the line of scrimmage officials are on the island by ourselves. There's and no help that still. we can get from the deep officials. I mean, you are on the island. This is all you, 100%, right? Yep, 100%. No help from nobody. And I don't want help from anybody. And, and, and it looks like go. you've been working out how long you had your arms up. You want to let the world know I've been working out. You know what I'm saying? What you curling, like, what, 25s? Right. Sun's out. <laughs> Guns out, guns out. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate I appreciate you indulging me, DJ, on that one. That that that's that's something that uh you you don't get a a time to talk to someone who who's actually been to the mountaintop, come back down, and he ain't coming back right. down. He's still on top. Yeah, that's and, true. You know, hey, when, that's when, true. When that's we, true. When we talk about that, DJ, when we talk when he when let's you know, away from this play, now that you have worked two national championship games, you kind of talked about it earlier. When you was in high school, you needed the next challenge, and you just continued to move forward. Now you have two national championship games under your belt. Do you have a next challenge, or what? what is it that keeps you going each and every year now? Um, well, you know, going into every season, a goal is not to work a specific game, is to be included in a group of officials. You know, I, I, I don't want to say I want to work this game at the end of this year, but I want to be at the top of the of our position with these officials and then whatever happens, happens. Right. You want to you be in the conversation when the assignments come out for postseason, right? Right. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Because, you know, you, you never know, you know, who gets picked for this game or that game or – I just want to be included in the conversation. Right. Um, okay. So, so DJ, there's something um, that you, you humbly stunted on me before, which I no, I wasn't aware of. When you after you worked your first championship game, you had this big this big ring, looked like a Super Bowl ring on, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I and thought you, his knuckles were broken. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and, and, and you and you quietly said, "Oh yeah, this is what you get when you work a championship game." Real smoothly, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm like, what? You get a ring as an official? He's I, like, th- I thought his arthritis was kicking yeah, up. <laughs> yeah, and, and you humbly said, yeah, you probably get one. Maybe if you're lucky enough, you you would get that. So now you got you, ha- you got that one. 
so there's another ring coming, right? Well, yeah, we got we ordered another one for uh, this past game. Yeah, you went white gold or platinum? Um, diamonds, diamonds, <laughs> diamonds are forever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are Super Bowl rings now. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 DJ. Let me let me ask you a question because every official has a different standard of because what everybody has to understand. If you're not an official, we have to order our rings. You know, right? We're not like the right. team to just get a ring uh, for the game. Do you have a standard of game that you're gonna order a ring for? I have this discussion, or for me, an argument with other officials that I have a certain standard of what Trayvon, game. That CIF ring is on the way. No. See, I don't have no rings because I haven't worked the right game yet. Do you have a standard of game before you would go and order a ring? Because I know some officials, every postseason game they ever work, they have a ring for. Whoa, well, hold on, yeah. hold on. Tell Did them why you're you mad. Tell uh, them why you're mad, Craven. You no, no, I'm just asking a question. Craven? Yes. Huh? Didn't you do a Pac-12 championship? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I did. I, yeah, I did. But I haven't. I never ordered a ring for it. Because I have a certain – that's why I asked DJ, does he have a standard of games for a ring? Yeah, I have a stand, – my standard is is a first for, you know, a, a, a significant game. Uh, I, I have a conference championship ring. Uh, I wanted to get one. Okay, because you've had – you have, what, three conference uh, championship games that you work now? Yeah. Okay, that's Pac-12 conference championship games for those who don't know. Okay, yeah, I, I wanted to get one ring from a conference championship game. I, I wish it would have been my first game, but it wasn't the first. Uh, but it was the uh, second. Okay, I think the second one. Uh, and then uh, anything that is playoff, semifinal game, and above. Okay, okay. That's 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 a good way. That's good. I like that. I like that because you know we got we got some people out there. I'm not gonna name a particular bowl because we don't want to down any bowl. But somebody you know have rings. Swampy for the, potato, the bowl. They deserve had a, a ring. potato. Had a you know potato bowl <laughs> ring. You know. If I work a swamp eater bowl, I would want a ring. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the gumbo classic. The gumbo yeah. classic. You want, a, you want a ring for the gumbo classic? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I won't get. I'll, I'll get one ring, like you know, if you work the Sugar Bowl. I'll, I'll, if I've worked it multiple times, of which I haven't, I'd only get one ring. If, okay. If I another, you know, like Rose Bowl or uh, right, Justa Bowl or whoever. I'd only get one. Okay. But, uh, championship game. I, I think I get one for every championship game I work. Right. Man, okay. I get two. I'd get three, four of them. <laughs> Give them to the babies. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, awesome. I, I I would agree with your with your ring strategy because right. that's I, I haven't I haven't ordered one yet, and people drive me. Why didn't you order? I'm like, nah, nah, mm-mm. nope, not yet. It, that man, that you, game hasn't hit the, yet, right? I mean, man, you're looking you for that. You're looking for that championship, game. man. This is what we complaining about. You look, no, it's not a complaint. It's it's complaining. Not a complaint. All right. You, it's not a complaint. It's not a complaint. Y'all games like, on TV, man. They got to find us on the internet. What's you talking about? Hey. <laughs> on the sneaker net. <laughs> the next, the next, you know, people say all the time, what's your biggest game? I say the next one because none of them are guaranteed. So right. I'm going I'm to I'm humble this down, DJ. So now, again, you are a act, an 
and active official, but you're also giving back and you like like a position supervisor in the sky, right? You great film and yep. uh, so what made you want to give do that aspect of it too? Uh I I I love giving back. Um, you know, e even in our local group here, you know, anybody who wants to talk football, I'm willing to talk football with. Um, uh, because I mean it's good for the game. And uh, you know, I'm a resource that's here right now. Um, everybody doesn't have access to that resource. So, I, you know, I'm all about making better officials and giving people the opportunity to, you know, uh, talk to me and see, you know, what works for me and maybe it works for them. Maybe it doesn't, but. So this is me. I, I'll say that's not true. Everyone does have access to you because <laughs> All they got to do is email you. I've sent in yeah. plays to you, Rod, Cravon, everyone. Every, I'm on everyone. the list. You send me plays. We ain't talking. You, you, you're, you're right about that, money, oh, man. So I'm I'm talking to to the to the officials here. <laughs> Monty, Monty the, the key thing you said was plays. You know, you're not sending a whole game to DJ. You send you send some plays. Not. Absolutely right. Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Just a couple plays here and there, but uh, absolutely all you got to do is email these people and they will get back to you. It, it, there's one thing that I've noticed is these people love football. It's, love it. and, and and it's 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 not something that you can't be unsaid is that For there's real? support here. Get your words out. There's your words. But how about how about you think before you speak? <laughs> there's <laughs> there's support here. And you just got to go out and and grab that support and use it. We're blessed there. in Southern California to have the resources that we have, like Cravon, DJ, oh. Rodamar, these other names that we're blessed to be around. And like Absolutely. you said, we can email them. These guys, Chuck, PT, Chuck, PT, other NFL guys, other NFL guys. It's like you said, like we were on a Southern a JUCO meeting today, and it was just names. You can just email all Steve Stremlin. They're just willing to help. They like you said, Monty. They love the game, and if you're you have you as passionate as them, they're willing to pass that knowledge on. Absolutely. But at the same time, they willing to know flim flam. You just willing to okay. You just send me your highlight plays. Not just you just you just ain't trying don't to send get me better. that. Yeah, like don't hey, let's talk. That. We can talk about something, but don't tell me something you already know. Like hey, well, did you think about this on this play? Now, DJ, well, I, did you saw? I went up with a touchdown. It was good, right? So, Daryl, let me let me it. ask you a question. You made a mention of Mark Perlman was a big influence NFL official uh in your career is there anybody else that was you know a real big influence even at the high school level that maybe kept you going or you know somebody that you still talk to on a regular basis that's a big influence on your uh officiating career well uh yeah, high school TC Freeman was my first crew chief and uh I I love when I run into him from time to time because he's so proud of me coming uh being in his crew but you know i, I i've had the, the opportunity to pick up things from some of the best you know whether it's mark perlman chuck stewart sid seaman uh um Derek bowers john hussey uh buck mcmahon Buck, i, I love working for buck in the old um um WCFOA, right? Yeah, and the WCFOA. Actually, Buck's wow. a replay official now, right in the Pac-10. He's out here in San Luis Obispo. But Buck was—he was a line judge. Yeah. 
Pac-12. Correct. <laughs> Buck was a line judge, and, uh, you know, he would teach you things that are not in the rule book or in the mechanics book. He taught you how to work. Right, right, right. You know? Some of the best thing he ever said to me was, some games just need to end. Let it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lost art. <laughs> a lot of people let that 58 and let the blowout yeah. last forever. <laughs> I, I've been on semi-pro games where people still watching their time, trying to time the in the third quarter, trying to time it out. Man, that's one minute gone. Next minute gone. All right, game over. <laughs> <laughs> I think just even talking to DJ, some of the best advice he gets, he told us even like for us up and coming referees, he told us the pregame should not last longer than the game. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> it shouldn't. <laughs> well, what's, what's you saying there, DJ? You said it to us and it's, it's sunk in for me. Well, you gotta, you gotta keep everybody's attention. You know, after a while you start losing people and then what's the purpose? Yeah. Right, right. But no, no, you, you have a slogan that's famous for us on the unofficial lounge. And it, it was something about, you know, games compared to meetings and scrimmages. I don't know if you remember, but I can refresh I your remember. memory. I can recite it right now. <laughs> you said to us, we get game checks, not meeting checks. That's a good one. What do you say? Right. Yeah, that might. You may not Why remember, it but it's sunk into the three of us. It made sense at the time. He said it's like. I haven't it, thought of about that like before. Like, oh, he's right. It, it, it may have been some Tito's or some fireball involved somewhere at <laughs> point time, but that that that's that's a classic here in the unofficial lounge. We get game checks, not meeting checks. There you go. All right. There you go. <laughs> so DJ, let's let's try and wrap this thing up. We've got this little thing we do. It's called under review. Okay. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna fire off three questions to you, and we just want you to off the top of your head. Just give us an answer. Um, who want Trayvon? You going? You going? You going to uh, moderate us through it? Oh no! You the you 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 the man on this. There you right, are. You go. are our official replay announcer. This is all you, baby. <laughs> so here we go, DJ. Yeah. Put put your uh, put your uh, officials cap on. Put that ref cam back on. Here we go. Where did officiating allow you to travel that you have would have never went to? Uh, probably South Bend, Indiana. Notre oh, Dame. That's a good Notre one. Dame. Good one. Touchdown, Jesus. Woo. That's a good the, one. The, the, the place you still didn't get to go to a good steakhouse, you wound up at some little small rinky-dink Mexican food joint in Chicago instead of a steakhouse, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, won't, we won't talk about that, though. <laughs> All right, DJ. What career accomplishment made you the most proud? Uh, well... Uh, the most, I, I think it's got to be working two national championship games. Big time. Probably. That's an easy one. That's easy. I mean, I've been blessed. I've been lucky to work two. Okay. What do you think of when you hear the R say the previous play is under review? Uh,. <laughs> well, you, you can be, be honest. You can be honest. 
Well, to be honest, and, and, and Crave, I can speak to this. You already know the plays that are probably going to go under review before they even do it. And, and half the time, it's like, come on, just go ahead and stop the game and review this play. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll say this. What you don't want to happen is you have one player reviewed and you might get a reversal. And then shortly thereafter, you get another play under review. You're like, I can't be wrong two times now. (laughs) (laughs) But I've never been wrong twice. (laughs) Right, right. Well, DJ, uh, we really appreciate you giving us your time today on the Unofficials Lounge and uh, your candor and your openness with us. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And just uh, thanks again for all of what you do. And I look forward to uh, talking with you real soon you know the COVID got us sitting on the sideline right now but uh Rona. We'll, 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 yeah we'll, we'll we'll see what's to come here in the future but thank you again Daryl hey thanks for having me I I've enjoyed it man this has been a blast it's like it's like sitting on sitting here on the couch having a few uh adult beverages and just talking with the boys that's the that's lounge it. baby that's Dorsey's the that's official line no D-D-D. South Central my bad my bad I apologize South Central finest one of Dorsey's own, Daryl Johnson. Thank you, Daryl. Thanks, guys. Join us next time when we sit down with NFL veteran official Charles Stewart. Deion Sanders, without a doubt. Nobody you No. Know, I had Marcus Allen. I had uh, all the quarterbacks. You know, Jerry Rice. But Deion Sanders had the ability to take away the number one receiver and the rest of the team to play zone. Stay tuned for future episodes with Big 12 umpire Scott Typer and Pac-12 referee Steve Strimley. Thank you for listening to this episode. Remember to please like and subscribe. As the Unofficial Lounge is available on all your podcast streaming outlets, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and Anchor. We look forward to you joining us next time in the Unofficial Lounge.